welcome to Friends on the Fringe. My name is Mike, and I'm with my good friend, Ethan. Ethan, how's it going? It's going pretty well. I'm glad to be on another episode of The Fringe. Awesome. Well, it's been a crazy week, hasn't it? Yes, it's Thursday already, and it feels Saturday. It feels like Saturday? Kind of. Or I wish it was Saturday, because I am going to be taking Lynn out on a special night of... Fun and it's a secret. Oh, I won't tell anybody. I hope she doesn't listen to the podcast. Oh, uh, maybe she does. Maybe she can hear me right now. I don't know. So I better be quiet. Use code words, you know? All right. Well, this Saturday, I lead a men's group in the morning, and then there's a walk to fight suicide in the late morning. And I'm trying to get my church to walk with the community and see if we can help raise awareness. Mm-hmm. I don't know if anyone on this podcast knows that you are an interim pastor. That is correct. I am an interim pastor. And if I put my other hat on, I'm a campus minister. And if I put another hat on, I do church consulting. And then sometimes when I have my spare time, I do some work. It's my fourth. I like to say I'm quad vocational instead of bivocational. Ooh, ooh, that sounds fun. Let me try. Okay, my one hat is a minister for campuses. Okay, good. My other hat is writer who writes mostly for himself. And my other hat is a professional writer for Fiverr who I write devotionals for churches. That's right. I forgot you did that. I did. And it's pretty awesome when you actually get something out. But other times when you're offering to the world that you write devotionals, some people ask you if you would you wouldn't mind writing a blog about the how great vaping is. Oh, are those some requests you've gotten? Yeah, there's some of the well, I either get can you help me do my theology homework? AKA write my theology paper for me. And I really want to call up that person's professor because if it's theology, I'm guessing that it's a, it's a ministry school. And I'm like, I want to say, do you know one of your students really wants to hired me to do their paper? Um, Sad. Well, that's that's fun. And the other, and just some guys like, hey, I have a, I promote this vaping brand. Can you write a blog about it? Mm. And he clicked on my title, which is, I will write Christian devotionals for you. So somehow within that title, he's like, I think this guy's going to be a great vape ambassador. Wow. And did you take the job? Uh, well, no, I was confused. So I said, did you want me to include scripture in this about like the dangers of vaping and addiction? You know, I thought that's where he was going with that. But he's like, no, no, uh, no, I represent this vaping brand. So, wow. Well, now our listeners know a little bit more about us. And I think between our two brains, we have half a brain of experience to talk about our next topic. <clears throat> did you want me to go ahead and read the letter that came in today? I would love it if you read that letter. All right. Let's see here. Let me pull up a letter here. It says, uh, oh, this one is, uh, we have an international listener. We've got an international, Mike. Dude. This is really cool. We've got a listener from the UK. So this is Max Payne of Middlesex in the UK. Cheerios, mate. I love your podcast, and I wanted to know if I should burn my M-rated, and M stands for mature for those listening, should I burn my M-rated game collection because God only loves pure and innocent things. I can also unsubscribe from Netflix to make things even more pure. Please let me know. I feel guilty for owning so much secular stuff. Wow, that's a great question, Max. What do you, what do you think, Mike? Where should we start with this one? Max, you had to open up the can of worms. Uh, well, between us both, I 
am an open gamer who wants to catch up on all the biggest and coolest shows. Uh, Ethan, you've shown interest in television and video games too. So I'm constantly wrestling with this question. Is it okay to shoot Nazis on a video game? Is it okay to make a med lab? Are those things Christians do? And if not, what's the alternative? Yeah, those are great questions. What is acceptable for a Christian to do or watch or listen to? And what might not be acceptable? I think that is kind of what the question is here. Yeah. Man, those are are good. There's a definite list. Just stay away from, you know... And it's it's works for all Christians. Uh, the other one is there's it's a list that is you know God custom wrote for you. Uh, and if you knew yourself, you'd stay away from these. I when I was growing up, my parents wrote that list for me. Um, there was mm. cartoons that they said I was not allowed to watch, um, and I was always frustrated because me and my friends got to watch The Simpsons or Family Guy, or whatever it might have been. And those were even cartoons, Mom. Come on, why can't I watch those? Well, I was only allowed a half an hour a day on a screen, and now I understand why. But I used to get so frustrated as to why I couldn't watch certain things. And I upset my parents one time. I went over, I was in like third or fourth grade, and I went over to a friend's house. And that friend was not a Christian, and there was no regulations or rules as to what you were allowed to watch. And we watched this movie called Blown Away, and it was rated R. And I came home and was explaining to my mom about this movie I watched. I didn't know what rated R meant. I had no clue. Um, But in it, they said, wait, we've seen that movie, which meant my mom and dad had watched it. And they were able to call it. And they finally said, is it blown away? I said, yeah, it's about this bomb on a bus. And uh -uh. they immediately went to my friend's parents and discussed with them how they were not happy that they let my their, what, (laughs) eight-year-old watch such a movie. And so that was one of the first times I remember there being a, my parents were upset because I had watched certain things and I wasn't totally understanding of why and what was wrong with it. I thought it was a fun movie. Um, But what what do you think on that, Mike? Well, as a kid, um, I think the one solid rule was, you know, don't watch anything on TV that's, you know, too heavy with sexuality and stay away from Mortal Kombat. Mortal Kombat being the game of every parental concern. That's and, right. Yeah. With Mortal Kombat, though, I fought. I fought and I fought and I fought because I had to. I had to know. I had the FOMO, fear of missing out. And, you know, I to my maybe to my shame, I won that fight. And I remember getting Mortal Kombat 2 for the Super Nintendo. Uh and just to prove to my parents that, you know, this was okay for me to have, I was being extra helpful around the house, <laughs> you know, to, to give them the impression that Mortal Kombat was teaching me positive lessons. So who knows? Who knows? Uh, but now as a father, a father of a 17-year-old and a 2-year-old, um, <clears throat> we've we've put down our boundaries with things like TikTok and Instagram and trying to put like a like a you just can't flip through those things mindlessly. A quick story. So there's a video game called Call of Duty, just like Max Payne from the Middlesex in the UK was writing about. And it was rated M. And I wanted it for my birthday and my aunt said she'd buy me something. So I took her to the video game store. And when something's rated M, you have to show your license. And I was not old enough. <laughs> So I go up to the counter with Aunt Linda, and we're waiting in line, we're waiting in line. All of a sudden, when it's her turn to pay, I disappear. And then they're at, they ask her for her license, and Linda's clueless. She pulls out her license and says, yeah, I'm, this is me, what, what's the big deal? And then later, she finds out it's because it's rated M. 
and she was not very happy that I tricked her into buying me a rated M game mm-hmm. when I was like 15 or 16. But I took it as educational because it was teaching me about World War II. I was learning about guns. And as you said, I was shooting the Nazis and they're horrible people. Right. Absolutely. Uh, um, when I go to the local game store and there's like a, a young family and, you know, you have these eight-year-olds and they're they're hanging on mom's leg and saying, you know, Grand Theft Auto 5, mom. Grand Theft Auto 5. And then, you know, the mom goes up to the the person behind the desk and it's like, I hear about this Grand Theft Auto 5. You know, it sounds like a popular game. And usually, usually the eight-year-olds that know about that game, they're the ones most comfortable swearing around just normal strangers, which was the case with this one family. And so um, maybe that's proof positive that you should know about the rating system on games. Right. And then Things are rated different ways, just like with a movie, right? It could be rated for language. Could be we you we talk about maybe the the movie The Passion of the Christ, right? It's historical. It was as accurate as they could maybe make it and help us picture what really happened on the road to the cross and all the torture and blood that was shed. So you can have gore, violence. Um, nowadays, when you watch Netflix, it even will say smoking or nudity or language. Um, and you violence and so you get all of those different things and sometimes you might think well some of those don't bother me that's okay and then some people it does bother so for me i played video games a lot i played them in college till wee hours and then i played them even when i got married i was playing video games all the time and then eventually i realized that it it was shaping me it was affecting me more than i was affecting the game um all of a sudden because other people i played with might say some words they shouldn't say Oh. When I when I died and I didn't think I was supposed to or I had lag on my internet and I got frustrated, all of a sudden I noticed I started saying things that I normally wouldn't say. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it, but it was in the heat of the moment, right? It's, it's not my fault. Um, right. But eventually I had to make a decision. Is what I'm doing or watching or listening to, is it is it neutral or is it drawing me closer to Jesus? Or the third option, is it helping me not look like Jesus at all. And so for me, those are the three categories. I think some things in the middle, there can be secular music that's not anti-God or doesn't have a rating on it that could be good to listen to. Yeah. But then there's some that clearly is not, and then there's some that clearly would help point me to Jesus. And so those are categories I like to put things in now to help me with my own self-boundaries of neutral, godly, or not helpful. Yeah. You see, I came up with the plan because I was saying in my brain that I I can't be part of this video game race. You know, the race is, you know, you have to get the newest ones or, you know, you have to get anyone that you're thinking of and, you you know, you have to beat it, which means you probably have to sit still with your hands on a controller for six to 12 hours. And that really adds up. And, you know, I, I figured out that I had to, you know, I have to come up with plans to get around that. So in my, in my mind, I only wanted to play video games that help with like motion-based stuff so at least i know i could be burning calories you know a lot of wii games a lot of switch games some vr games Mm -hmm. Um, and then i I wanted to get into games where you know my friends were playing because then i could at least i could at least enjoy the social stuff and you know if they're good christian friends I've, i've played video games with uh you know just the motley crew that are on their computers and it's that's you know they they say some nasty and mean things like they're just gamers are the most impatient most (laughs) vulgar people sometimes yes they are it comes with the territory of like 
playing such competitive things. Similar to what you mentioned, uh, when I had a Super Nintendo growing up, I found out quickly that if you throw it on there, it, it might not work right. Yeah. Then you got to buy another one. And I also found out that uh, I, I'll admit that sometimes about a half an hour of screen, it was either TV or video games or computer, and I often would play the Super Nintendo. And I realized that I could sneak, I could stay awake till everyone went to bed, and I could go downstairs and play my video game. It was like Mario Kart. I mean, it wasn't even violent, <laughs> other than throwing turtle shells at people. But I would get mad, and it, and this was probably the start of my anger that I had. And I realized if I threw my controller, well, one, someone might hear, and then I'd get in big trouble. So I found out that I could bite my controller. <laughs> and take my frustrating out that way. But then eventually you bite the controller enough and it doesn't work either. So even as a young kid, I wasn't playing bad games, but I would get mad at myself or the game and then pay for it later. Um, and so for me, it doesn't even have to be a, a negative game. It was my attitude as to what happens when I failed um, that also influenced my anger or triggered it that was not a healthy thing. Yeah, the the new modern way to be a watchdog over what we consume is asking this question does it have nudity and you know if it passes that test then most most christians are like okay it's fine as long as it doesn't have nudity you know you get that makes disney plus pretty safe not a lot of people are questioning you know should i watch this man hack up a zombie you know should i watch uh this man try to sell drugs i wonder if those things have any kind of negative impact and i think we usually don't think about that what is the long-term impact on watching something yeah that is a good question a lot of people will say it's art i'm watching something artistic i'm honoring the artist for their creative content and shouldn't we be enjoying the beauty of the lord and or they, they might say the you know i can watch this it's fine it doesn't affect me mm -hmm. and you know you have to take them at their word unless you unless right after they say that you know they're punching their cat that is true we got to think about what we watch or even we often might say well it's a based on a true story mike and it, it's a documentary um like there's a new show the jeffrey dahmer series about the serial killer who killed what 17 young men and some were two of them were even 14 and should i watch that because it was a documentary or shouldn't i because of the evil things that he did he became a christian in prison so you could argue it's a christian documentary Oh, you could. That is right. Well, we usually talk about things, and then we often want to see, does the Bible give us any advice or guidance on this topic? And and I, the initial question was an R-rated game, and there wasn't any video games, Max, so I think you're off the hook. Uh, yeah. What do you think, Mike? What is the Bible even relevant anymore? Does, does it helpful in this topic? You know, the Bible, there's actually a lot of verses, especially in the Proverbs, about men who are prone to violence men who are prone to sex, men who are prone to drink. So, you know, Proverbs tries to cover every every vice. So I think that's worth taking into consideration. Um, Philippians 4.8 kind of gives us a litmus test of what God wants our brains to consume. And that goes, finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think 
of these things. Mm. So I can watch bad things as long as I don't think about them. Ever. You know, like it's allowed to go in one ear and out the other. As long that as right good. after I play that M-rated game, I'm thinking about honorable, pure, and lovely things, I should be fine. Right. And on that line, I know some people that maybe I'll watch two hours of a, a, a naughty movie. Well, then I'll go read my Bible and make up for what I just did. Now, but do I, I don't know many people that would actually read their Bible for two hours to try to make up for it time versus time but I mean, the biggest argument and this is the argument you'll probably get the strongest one i should say from every christian is the bible is rated r it has rape it has violence it has a whole book just on wooing a woman and doing doing things we shouldn't mention on this podcast at least not in this episode and so therefore if you know if it's right in our bibles and god wants us to read our bibles why can't we watch walter white make a meth lab why can't we watch dragons um and thrones and chopping up zombies i mean because samson what killed hundreds of people with the jawbone of a donkey like yeah i want to watch that that'd be kind of fun to watch right i can think of at least three directors that would make that a good scene yep and that is a good question would you let your child watch a, a naughty movie at the same time would you let him read some of the stories of the old testament oh yeah ethan with the bible being rated r are we just being hypocritical that is a good question um because there are some blatantly violent <laughs> things uh, mostly in the old testament but even crucifying an innocent man in the new testament um, right I mean, the Bible, it's, it would be very easy to make a rated R story. Um, I think we're, this might shed some light on the topic. Um, the Bible can at least say that it's trying to bring you, it's trying to bring you to closer to God. When you read stuff from Samson, or you read stuff from the Psalms about, you know, God getting revenge on the enemies, um, it's not trying to advocate for the the art of violence. It's not trying to romanticize sex. Um, but the path of the Bible is always to get you closer to God, more in relationship with Him. And you know that might open up some questions. Is there some good things in some violent or romantic content that uh, you know we can we can say, hey, this is actually pretty wholesome if you think about the message it's trying to give. Um, for example, in M. Night Shyamalan movie called Devil is about uh, a couple strangers meeting the devil. One of them is the devil in this elevator and they die one by one and they find out that the person that the devil was trying to get is someone who hasn't forgiven someone who uh, he wanted them to get revenge on this person. And so it actually has a great redemption story in it. So in that, you have to be able to look at the big picture and yeah. filter through the details. I think when we when we look at the Old Testament, we might wonder, why did the Israelites destroy a whole nation um, mm -hmm. and figure out where is God in that? Uh, but I think if we look at the, the bigger narrative, we are able to see that God is a holy God and he's also a jealous God and a wrathful God in order to be holy. Um, yeah. Yeah. There's a podcast called Popcorn Theology, and it watches the secular stuff, but it, it encourages everyone who likes to watch movies to, you know, forego the temptation to make it mindless entertainment and figure out where the spiritual truths are. Or if it's trying to lie to you, where are the where are the lies about spiritual stuff in it? And you know to figure out how to redeem the time. And I actually find that that uh, podcast is really good for turning anything 
we watch like the Mandalorian or trying to, you know, even watch horror movies, um, trying to find like good biblical topics off in them. Yeah. I think that it's almost like a parable, right? You can filter through it and see the lesson to be learned. Um, and I think sometimes we watch these shows as a way to unwind, a um, little self-care, maybe. Yeah. But at what point is something, am I indulging or binging on something too much that it takes over my thoughts and my actions afterward? Is, it, is right. another question to think about. Yeah. Another, I, uh, go ahead, Mike. I was just going to say, uh, you know, the biggest things that our brain catches from watching, listening seeing things is we either we either get a lust like you know i want more of that and i want it now um we either get like an anger like you know because we see we see people get hurt and we're like you know i need to take on that anger i want to hurt people like that either verbally or physically or we get an insensitivity as in you know i heard other people talk like this why can't i talk like that so i think those are the three outcomes no matter what um i guess one of the positive outcomes is like a sense of wonder we have a minister at campus 180 named joe shea and he talks about things that give us a sense of wonder a sense of curiosity and i think uh we can only hope to have to leave with that stuff. Well, we were talking about Bible verses. Uh, we do have a couple more on the list. One is Romans 12, 9 through 21. Um, but to sum it up, uh, let love be without dissimulation. Abhor that which is evil and cling or cleave to that which is good. And that actually fits in with a very interesting um, director or a writer. His name is Scott Derrickson. And he says he's a Christian and he loves writing horror stories, like movies that have evil in them. And he says, because he says he writes it based on his the reality of Christians living, that we're always living with evil. We're always living with uh, the messiness of darkness winning. So he likes to write from that but in his movies, he he also has like this light at the end of the tunnel. If you've ever watched Doctor Strange, that's that's actually uh, an a- example of his writing because hmm. he wrote that movie. Did not know that. Another passage we can look at is uh, Galatians five twenty two. Mm-hmm. But the fruit of the spirit is murder and swearing and gore. Oh, I'm sorry, I must be reading the wrong one. Uh, Galatians five twenty two says, "But the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace." long-suffering, excuse me, gentleness, goodness, and faith. Mm -hmm. Do I see, watch a rotten movie, joy, peace, gentleness, goodness? Mm -hmm. Maybe, maybe not. You know, truth be told, there's a lot of TV that just wants to profit off of our baser instincts. Oh, cool explosions. You know, oh, you know, that guy lost his head. Ooh, look at all those girls doing that drama on Love Island. And as Christians, I think we should expose those things. I agree, because I don't see a lot of wholesome stuff coming out of some things that are out there and available. Um, Just like if I was to go to a strip joint and watch strippers on a pole, as a Christian, I don't think there's anything there I can get that will draw me closer to God, and that is why I have never been to one. Yeah, you you would be saying that's so selfless that's so sacrificial these acts in this strip club you know oh that's a perfect example of redemptive love so earlier you mentioned some people might say well you know i'm, I'm used to it it's not a big deal uh i it doesn't bother me 
Um, and that, that makes me bring up a passage in Romans. This is a few verses, um, and this is talking about passing judgment on others or even causing others to stumble. So maybe swear words don't bother you, but maybe you, you asked a, a friend who's a new Christian who's trying not to swear at something they've struggled with, um, and you bring them into a movie that has tons of swearing. It might not bother you, but is that the best? other person. And so usually when we watch these things, we do it selfless, selfishly, right? I want to watch it because I like that curiosity. I like the excitement. I like the bombs or the, the gore, but we have to think about other people sometimes. So this passage is Romans 13, starting in Romans 14, starting in verse 13. Um, and it's not particularly talking about movies, but I think you'll get what we're talking about here. Therefore, let us not pass judgment on one another any longer, but rather decide never to put a stumbling block or hindrance in the way of a brother, we might say a brother or sister, I know and am persuaded in the Lord Jesus that nothing is unclean in itself, but it is unclean for anyone who thinks it unclean. For if your brother is grieved by what you you are no longer walking in love. By what you eat, do not destroy the one for whom Christ died. So do not let what you regard as good be spoken of as evil. For the kingdom of God is not a matter of eating or drinking, and we could add watching or listening, but of righteousness and peace and joy. Whoever thus serves the Lord is acceptable to God and approved by men. So then, let us pursue what makes for peace and for mutual upbuilding. Mm-hmm. And so I don't see a lot of upbuilding or encouragement to another brother or sister in the Lord by listening to even a, a, a secular song that needs a beep, uh, a beeper, yeah. or has all these swear words in it. How is that uplifting? Oh, but it's got a good beat. Okay, but what about the rest of it? Um, and so we got to right. consider the whole picture and everyone that's listening, and how does it affect us? Yeah, you know, it's it's the duty of the listener to kind of hold the entertainer responsible for his music, either by not paying for it or maybe just telling them flat out, like, this song uh, glorifies a life that I just don't think is based in reality. Like, um, there's a there's a song by Missy Elliott that plays over and over in you know monroe community college um and missy elliott pretty much just spends three minutes telling the listener what they are allowed to do to her body and i'm like who who does this benefit who's gonna walk away thinking oh you know you know thank you for the advice or you know thank you for educating me missy elliott or thank you for steeping me in reality about the nature of relationships um, no, they're going to be like, oh, you know, I wonder if my girlfriend will try these things or, you know, something like that. Or, you know, our brains work in funny ways. In, in a similar method, my daughter was in preschool and she was riding the public school bus and she had heard the F word, the famous F word, um, but she didn't know what that it was referred to as the F word. And she was jealous because a girl that was younger than her on the bus knew what it was. And everyone else sitting around her knew what that naughty word was, but she didn't. And she wanted to know so bad. Why can't I know? I'm like, because you're six. But dad, I want to know. Everyone else knows. That FOMO, right? Fear of missing out. Mm -hmm. um, and it was because she didn't know, she was so curious as to why can't I know? And mm -hmm. that made her want to know so bad that it was sad for me for to think, really, my, my six-year-old... Mm -hmm. 
she just wants to know evil because everyone else does, and she doesn't, and she feels like it's not fair that we have shielded her from that. And it it was just a big eye-opener for me to realize, well, she's only six, and yet that curiosity for the unknown, whether it's good or bad, is there. And how how do I, as a dad, help guide it and put boundaries around it in a healthy way for her? Mm-hmm. It's amazing how children can understand that swear words are more special than other words and thus feel like they need to know about that one or use it. That's right. Yeah. So some other questions I think we, we could ask when we're listening to this. Um, if I watch something or play a, a, a game that's rated M or 18 and over, uh, you might think, well, I'm 18, Mike. It says I am. Well, that, again, yeah. that is a secular rating, mm-hmm. and uh, those that are older than us would say that, wow, you know, what used to be rated PG is now rated G, right? And and right. the movies have added a lot more things because we've become attuned and natural to it. But some questions to think about would be, what will, what will my thought life be like after I watch this? I have a very relevant example. Um, Lynn and I, we're always trying to find the newest craze on Hulu, you know, because there's, you know, drama everywhere. So we just about about this lawyer who's like very sassy, has a attitude, but also likes to uh, cheat on her marriage like a lot. Like we were two episodes in, and we're like, "Wow, this." And there's a there's a lot to, they wanted to show, and you know, I think, you know, after two, my wife and I, we're very we're very even keel on this. We get each other can make it to a because I I know that's like I don't I want this swimming around in my head. Um, I I once heard a guest lecture from uh, Houghton College where uh, he was speaking men college students. Talking about the art of apologizing to your brain for seeing things that are just not the of its time. You know, after you see, you know, some wanton violence and lust, you know, you go to your brain and you say, "I'm really sorry you saw that. Uh, that that doesn't belong in your head." So, so I thought that was interesting. Yeah, that's a good way to think about it. Um, so, Ethan, the flip side of the coin, and this is the other part of the argument, um, Christian. Art was amazing during the Renaissance time, but now Christian art is cheesy. It's cringeworthy. It's just a it's just a hidden sermon. You know, you watch those Christian movies and you you realize they're pretty predictable because they're just they're just trying to get you saved. Um, it's a well disguised sermon, and no one no one wants to get no one wants to sell out the quality of the secular stuff for the Christian stuff. I know there's some people who absolutely swear by Christian entertainment. And God, we love them, and they'll probably give you some great recommendations. Uh, but for the most of us, or at least the majority of us, they think a Christian movie, man, I'd rather just give up television altogether. You know, I can count on one hand the the best Christian artists. Uh, you know, you, there's no way you can take away my Metallica and give me a Christian version of Metallica. They'll tell you. <laughs> And so what do you say to that person? Or do we have to become that person? Oh, that's a tough question. Um, I myself am on TikTok, and I saw a guy today um, pick on people that think that Christian music is horrible. Mm-hmm. Um, or some people like to say that Christian movies are just not as good. Yes. Um, and I, I'm not sure how to answer that question at the moment. Well, you know, I'm not totally a stone. I think Christian hip hop and even some Christian EDM music kill- has killed it. Like they just totally nailed it in terms of quality. I mean, each person has their own tastes, but uh, you know, I'm happy to report that our Christian hip hop artists 
are are doing a great job. I think so as well. Mm-hmm. Well, do you think we've answered Max's question about should he burn his M-rated game? Should he unsubscribe from Netflix? Um, or should he just uh, have some more self-control and boundaries? Uh, what other things should we suggest to him? Well, I think... I, we always come to this conclusion, Ethan, that the answer is not super yes or super no. It's a yes, but, or a no, although answer. And I think the, the call is to be a, a gatekeeper of what goes in your brain. Um, I have this I have this horrible feeling in the, my stomach that when we go to heaven, you know, God is going to show us footage of the times we sat on the couch. And he's going to tell us, you know, I was... I was watching this too, and I was kind of hoping you were going to turn it off. Or, you know, I was watching this too, and I kind of saw that it was corrupting your mind. And, you know, we're going to have to say, oh, gosh, you know, I, I'm sorry, Lord, I was young, I was dumb. So I think there's, I think, you know, it's tough. It's tough. You got to, you got to watch this the thing in question to know if it's bad or good, or at least read a blog on it. And then you kind of have to say, ooh, you know, do I want to go down that path? Do I know myself enough to know that that's just going to make, that's going to be floating around in my head, making me more angry, more lustful, more coveting? Um, If I watch, if I listen to this podcast, will I go on Amazon and buy all this stuff because it's going to make me feel greedy? You know, we got to ask those hard questions. And they are hard questions, and it's it's going to vary, but I, I think some advice would be pray about it, and then even talk to some other friends and say, what do you think about this show? Um, and yeah. don't go to the friends that you know already listen to that show or watch it, um, but go to the people that are in your life that are mature and be willing to listen to why, why they say no or yes um, and, and have a healthy discussion with others about it would be something I suggest. Also, I find it helpful to say, if I took this out of my life, would I have these horrible withdrawal symptoms? And why would I have these horrible withdrawal symptoms? Do I just need this because it's a chemical need? I need to see violence. I need to see, you know, whatever. Or is if I was actually took this out of my life, I would like lose something that would make me smarter and wiser and able to, you know, make better decisions and fill me with imagination and wonder. Agreed. And and all of these questions make us stop, take a step back and look at the big picture and how this affects us. And that sometimes is hard to do, but it's important to be able to take a step back and say, wait a second, if I spend 20 hours playing my video game, Am I neglecting my college studies, my classes? Am I neglecting my family or my job or my sleep because of my excitement to want to continue to do this? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So well, I- anyone looking for a recipe, uh, you wake up, you listen to K-Love for one hour, followed <laughs> by uh, an afternoon of VeggieTales, and at night you watch The Chosen, you know, repeat that's all you need, right? Um, that might work. If you need, if you need to turn it into a formula for purity, which you know Christians love formulas. That's right. We always like rules to follow. But, yep. But God's looking at our heart, and He wants to see: Are we all in it for Him, or are we in it for ourselves? Right. So I think that that pretty much nails it. I think so. I hope, uh, Max. I hope that uh, answered your question. And for any other listeners struggling with, should I watch this or play that or listen to this song because it's cool and on the radio, and maybe even listening to the clean version? Uh, a simple way I like to put it would be: If Jesus was in the room next to me, would I be watching this or would I be talking to the Lord? Ah, uh, yeah. I mean, easier said than done. Right. I think half the things we say are 
easy to say, but hard to put into practice. So if you figure it out, please write a book, publish it, make a million dollars. And give us credit for giving you the idea. Anyways, it's a pleasure talking to you, Ethan. You too, Mike. And I look forward to our topic next week as we dig into Friends on the Fringe. Yes. Two friends having soul-searching conversations. All right. Have a good one, folks.